Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. When I was at Ken Fish's Fusion Conference, one of the most maybe personally helpful things, I think Jack Deere taught on this. So he was talking about how the belief in cessationism, the belief that all of the signs and wonders ended with the apostles, he said, it's a lot less messy. (laughs) You can have a clean plate if you don't believe that all of these things ended, but you might get hungry. And so he gave those some examples of how messy the prophetic is, even in the scriptures. And the truth is, I had never really noticed this, or if I had it, it had been a long time and I hadn't tried to update it into a modern context. And so First Samuel 16, 6, uh, it talks about how Samuel goes to the house of Jesse and sees the oldest brother and is like, oh, surely the anointed of the Lord is before me. And then the word of the Lord comes to him and is like, actually, no, not this one and not any of the other ones. And then they had to call for David, who maybe was illegitimate or in any case, nobody thought that he would be the one. But the point is that Samuel completely got it wrong, at least in the natural. And then, of course, we know that the Lord corrected him and he got it right in the end. But I think it's helpful to recognize even someone with the stature of Samuel got it wrong. (laughs) It's kind of a relief, I must say. So then we also have the story of Nathan the prophet, uh, the next generation, when or just a few, maybe a couple decades later, when David said, can I build a house for the Lord? And Nathan was like, yes, go and do all in your heart. But then that night, the word of the Lord comes to him and is like, ah, 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 no, no. And so then Nathan has to go back to David and say, actually, just kidding. Don't do that. This is not for you. You have too much blood on your hands as a man of war. This will be for your son. And so I don't know if that's really encouraging to you. It was very encouraging to me. I think that sense of like, Lord, I truly am trying to listen for your voice. I just don't think I get it right all of the time. And that makes me really sad. And so then I appreciated too what Jack, I think it was Jack, talked about that not only can prophets make mistakes, but prophets also need to be trained. And At this point, I think there's several schools of the prophets around the United States or maybe globally where you can go and practice. I know Dana McCollum has the prophetic company. They do trainings and have conferences. I know Bethel uh, Redding has probably, I mean, they have their Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, which is both a residential program and then there's kind of, I guess, continuing ed versions scattered throughout the globe. And those are really good. People who do them love them. But they also have uh, specifically conferences dedicated to the prophetic where you can go for four or five days and just get a bunch of downloads or impartations. And then I think Ken Fish has his school. And so there are places where if you have an inkling or a desire to grow in prophecy, you can go and learn more about it. And so... I appreciate that this is also scriptural, that they had actually schools of the prophets, that 
we know that for Samuel, none of his words fell to the ground. But we also know that there are kind of like these companies of the prophets that are sort of shadowy figures in the background in the Old Testament. And presumably, they were being mentored. So you had uh, Elijah mentors Elisha. Elisha mentors, well, I don't know if he's really mentoring Gehazi, his servant, but there's, uh, I guess Moses is mentoring Joshua, and I would consider both of those men to be at least reasonably prophetic. And so there's a level of saying, are you counseling rebellion against the Lord? That is definitely going in the wrong direction. But the challenge of saying the issue is not an infallible word, because if it was Nathan would have been killed, Samuel maybe wouldn't have been killed, because I don't know that he said it out loud. But the point is, ah, God is infallible. We as humans are not. And then when we turn our attention to the New Testament, which again, it's so precious that in Joel chapter two, it talks about in the last days, the men and women will prophesy and they'll have, you know, the, what is it? The old men will dream dreams and the young men will see visions, something like that. And so there's like this great outpouring of the move of the Holy Spirit on the people of God. And so clearly, Joel 2 is not a cessationist idea. Like, <laughs> well, it will happen for one generation during the time of Peter, and then it will end. I mean, that's that's like a very odd, odd perspective. But the, I guess the beautiful thing, even with that, when we look at the, the New Testament church, there are genuine prophets who were hearing from the Lord clearly. Like, Paul, do not go up to Jerusalem because bad things are waiting for you. And even Agabus, who is a very accurate prophet, was saying, like, the Spirit is saying bad things are waiting for you at Jerusalem. And so I think Paul knew that as well. I don't think he was like, no, I'm pretty sure it's going to be just fine. But the, they went, or he went up because he knew what his assignment was, I guess. I'm assuming that that's why he went. But the prof- the prophecies were also accurate, but they weren't, I guess, efficacious in terms of moving Paul aside. That seems messy to me, honestly. Like <laughs> You're getting these prophetic words, like, don't go up to Jerusalem, but you're going to ignore them. Oh. So again, you can have a clean plate if you avoid prophecy, but you might get hungry. <laughs> So, Lord, I thank you for these pictures in the scriptures of just the messiness that is inherent in the world. I think it gives me, it both grieves me, like I feel a little bit teary even just thinking about this, but it also is so hopeful. (laughs) They really are just people. They're just people. And so, Lord, I'm going to ask that we would hear your voice well, that we would have no heart of rebellion in us, that we would have clean and pure hearts that are running after you. Oh, that our our attention would be turned to you, that we would be hearing your voice. And Lord, if we get it wrong, that we would be uh, not mortified or not turned aside, but just say, oh, Lord, let me be used for comfort, encouragement, and strengthening for your body. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Amen.